hearing this? Anybody hear that? How can we possibly have the slightest idea what to expect? Well, we're back. Hold on to your butts. Welcome to the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic, including the movies, TV shows, music, toys, and more. In episode 357, we continue the conversation between myself and Stephen Ray Morris of the awesome podcast See Jurassic Right. Stephen's show is also back currently and features some really, really great episodes right off the bat. You get talks about Jurassic World Dominion, Fallen Kingdom, Bryce Dallas Howard, and even if, if it's possible to make a dinosaur through DNA, you know, sequence gaps. I don't know. Uh, but please go listen to those episodes because they are awesome. And uh, in today's episode here on this show, you'll get to hear, like I said, part two of mine and Steven's conversation where we chat about uh, Charlotte Lockwood, Maisie, uh, that connection there. And we talk about Dominion quite a bit. We talk about some what if scenarios for the franchise. And uh, we do a ton of toy talk at the end between Mattel stuff, Kenner stuff, the old days. Ah, it was a great conversation. So I really hope you dig this one. And next week, we will debut part three in our conversation featuring the conclusion of my chat with Steven discussing uh, generations of fandoms and how we were influenced and uh, maybe even what figures might need to be released by Mattel. And of course, while you're listening today, hit us up on Instagram threads, TikTok, and of course, YouTube to continue the conversation from this episode. And as always, please check out our weekly live streams over on YouTube, discussing all of the latest Jurassic news from around the world. Wednesday nights, 9 p.m. EST each and every week. We finally came back last week with a brand new live stream. It was so much fun getting out there to chat with everybody in real time, get some awesome feedback, and just talk Jurassic. It was so much fun. So... That's it here for the intro. We're, we're trying to breeze through things here in our new format. So without further ado, let's dive into the second part of our conversation with Stephen Ray Morris from Sea Jurassic Right. You know, I remember the people that helped me, Roland. There's a job for you at the park in San Diego if you want it. No, thank you. I believe I've spent enough time in the company of death. much for me like i can't even handle it personally <laughs> i mean you know but it's i think it's that thing where i think there's varying degrees of knowledge about how the sauce is made how the yeah. ham is made what's the <laughs> i think sauce the, yeah the soup is made but uh but it's that thing of like would I have wanted a Jurassic World Dominion with a Godfather Two style uh, plotting, where you see, where you see, you know, uh, a young, uh, you know, original or not young, original Macy going on an adventure in the past that's tied with a present Macy, you know, and the two stories sort of intertwine, and it's this like we're like seeing all the original locations from Jurassic Park, but now it's like from the perspective of macy and everything and it's like i know that that was never gonna that's never gonna be a thing and you know uh, uh, but at the same time i'm like we kind of got that in a weird way because obviously so much of original macy's story and i i 
I can't remember how I said this exactly when it, when the movie came out or, or like after seeing it a few times, but I really love original Macy's story because it, it sort of reminds me, I think it, it's the movies owed to why we love dinosaurs in the first place and why they're so important to us. And, you know, if we're like critiquing stuff, it's like, I'm almost bummed that that wasn't more of a bigger deal because mm. I mean, again, if we're talking like, you know, if we're just critiquing and we're like, what if, or whatever, it's like, my favorite element of all the Jurassic World movies, which didn't even really start until uh, Fallen Kingdom, is Macy. I think she's kind of the coolest thing about these movies, and her story is the most like thematically resonant to me. But it's just sort of, you know, it sort of gets squished into. But also, it's that thing of like again, when you're thinking about problem solving, and you're like, well, but how <laughs> could you introduce Macy in Jurassic World without, like, would you have Macy be like a minor character that meets like? Um, Oh my God. What are the two boys names? Uh, Gray and, and Zach. Yeah. Like, do you have her just like sort of be shuffled off somewhere? Like at some point in the movie, like who's that weird kid. And then you like pick it up and like, you know, there's again, it's like, there's so many what ifs, but it's, yeah. I really loved Macy's story because it reminded me why I loved Jurassic Park in the first place. Yeah, I can see that. And I mean, it brings us back to, the early 90s and we get to see like a little bit of handheld footage and stuff like that so like there was you know and that was obviously a lot of the speculation is like right we colin shared that picture of of like a very obviously like 90s facility and we're all like we're going back like we're we're de-aging we're flashing back whatever it is like we're gonna <laughs> see it and like Except for bd wong he's just gonna be they don't need to <laughs> yeah. de-age him no, no, no. It would have been super easy to de-age if they needed to, but like, and I'm still gonna always remember my my flashback cafe sequence. I just wish that could have been a thing. Uh, you know, have, <laughs> having him on the on the periphery of of that exchange with Dodgson and Nedry, and like him being like, "I'm gonna Ooh. I'm gonna take over when he's gonna fail because he's gonna fail." Like, oh man, it would have been so cool. But like, yeah, I don't know. I mean. That's uh, and I think that's part of the problem, right? With and we all create this. We create this by doing exactly what we're doing. We all, uh, I feel like we've created this um, uh, you know, society of like hating on things because of what we wanted to see, you know, and, sure. and not what the movie was and not what it they created. Um, and you know, I think you got to judge uh the the art on its own merits and not like what you created in your head and it's hard it's very hard especially when you think you've created and you maybe maybe you did like i i certainly think i created some great ideas in my head but like i don't know would they've come to fruition that same way probably not but like you know <laughs> I, I i sit there and i'm like like you know we're watching like secret war uh no what is it called secret invasion you know yeah. and i'm like wow yeah, oh, so many missed opportunities here like yeah you could have done so many different things and it would have been so much better um but like yeah who knows you know what what ultimately would have come but you got to judge things i think based off of what they are um and not what you want them to be it's so hard though i mean look you're preaching to the choir here but oh i know sometimes i, know. I have to, sometimes sometimes <laughs> i have to remember that people like like part of the joy is that is that critique and is the like you know, it's, it, it makes me tired thinking about it because it's like I because I can't change it. So it's like to me, it's hard to 
sit and complain about, you know, how things could have been. But yeah, I think there is people who do find joy in just sort of like, you know, just, yeah, just sort of thinking about how things could have been. And again, it's like, you know, is there a better version of Jurassic World where it's, uh, you know, uh, Claire walking around the park in the beginning and she's sort of ignoring all the joy that everyone else is having with the dinosaurs and that sort of thematically sort of more strengthens her journey to loving and appreciating and willing to fight and die for these animals? Sure. Um, is there a version where at the end of Jurassic World, because, you know, it's all about how uh, Zach is very jaded and doesn't care about the dinosaurs, whereas like um, Gray is like super excited. And then, you know, at the end of the movie, it's like Zach calls his girlfriend and he's like, oh, my God, there was this crazy like you see the like yeah. <laughs> three, you know, you see the whole journey there of him coming around to like being a good brother and, and enjoying dinosaurs. You know, it's like, again, we can think about all that stuff. I, you know, I wonder, and maybe, I don't know if you have a, any ideas on this, but like, where, where do we put this energy or where do we put these kind of things? You know, it's like, is there a repository for the what ifs or like, you know, that sort of thing. I well, don't I've know. always, I've always wanted that TV show, you know, like Marvel did it. And I, I think they did a, a fun job with that TV show. And, um, I would love to see that for Jurassic. I think that would be a perfect place to show, like, what if uh, Nedry didn't do what he did? You know, like, how cool would that be uh, as a story? To get to see Jurassic Park thrive and, and get to see, you know, what if uh, the hurricane didn't wipe out any facilities on Sorna or, you know, uh, whatever. Like, just to see these things, like, actually come to fruition um, would be super cool. And I think, like... Uh, there's there's like endless routes you could really take. I can't think of any at the top of my head, really. But like, except for those well, two. But like, <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that because I just remember now at some point, I think maybe it was last year, or maybe the year before. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> time. But I think I I think I remember talking to you briefly about it. But I think I do want to do an episode like that where. It, you know, see Jurassic right where I just chat with, you know, everybody from the community and we kind of have fun with that where it's like, and I was thinking of, because again, it's like, I think with Marvel stuff and you think of like Nexus beings or whatever, it's like, yeah, like uh, these critical moments of Jurassic Park lore. And yeah, it's like, what if the hurricane never wiped out Sorna? What if Nedry got off the island? What if Rexy never well, came to the visitor center? You know, like yeah. I, have you ever? I don't, we've done we've done a few episodes with um that robot two XL. Do you remember that thing? That it's like a talking robot from like the eighties and nineties or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And and it has that tape chaos in Jurassic Park, and you do the choose your own adventure, and like oh, yeah, there's yeah. there's like several like really really interesting stories in there. And it's like I I've done it. My you know buddy Aaron will play the tape and tell me, and I'll read out the answer. Like I want you to pick number one or A or whatever the number numbers and letters are. Um, and when you get to the end of the story, you're like, my mind's blown. Like I didn't know Jurassic Park could be that way. So yeah, that would that would be totally amazing to see what that could be. And you know, animation is the perfect place for that. You don't need to create massive sets or dh people you just draw them and i'm like oh, yeah I, I get it i accept it 
I want to see that. Yeah. Let's go. Um, what if Cooper had to kill the Spinosaurus single? What did it, what was I writing this? Uh, when when did, when did I write this? This it's is like not good to look back at old notes. It's just not good. <laughs> uh, what if Kirby's Isla Sorna without Alan Grant? Now that would be fun. Okay, it is good to what look if, at old notes. What if Miss Ronnie successfully killed the Indominus? That's fun. Ooh, oh, I like that. That'd that could be, be cool. I, like, yeah, it's it's. I, I think maybe it's like in the, when we're in this what if space, we're we're allowing ourselves to critique the movies, but in like a fun or at least fun for us, you know, fun yeah. fun for us kind of way. Yeah, I think that that you should do that. That would be great, a great episode. Like I think, like so many people with so many theories, because everybody's got an opinion on like what would have went down if whatever happened. You know, ah, oh, that'd be so cool. Gosh, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's oh, I was going to ask you this earlier. Have you watched uh, any of the other films? And I think you have, but have you watched any of the other Jurassic? <laughs> since watching dominion uh yeah uh i, I mean i'm pretty sure <laughs> definitely jurassic park for sure yeah yeah uh, <laughs> um and i you know i really wanted to and i don't think i've rewatched um fallen kingdom since but like i really wanted to like go back and see that since but um and, and even camp cretaceous like i wanted to see like you know, because there was like little threads there, but like I don't know, I, I just, I, I feel like this story or these stories, all of them, are so, like they're they're connected, but like just barely enough. You know, they don't need to be. It's not Star Wars. It's not Marvel, and they don't need to be like, like riddled with, uh, threads to connect everything. So uh, sometimes I'm like, eh, whatever, it doesn't matter. I don't know if I need to. Well, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so present in our lives that I never think to go back and watch the other movies before seeing. Yeah, do you know what oh, I mean? No. Like, I I'm I'm always I'm a big rewatcher of everything. That's why it's getting so bad because you, when you have to watch six Mission Impossible's before seeing the next one. Oh my god! And, you know, five Jurassic's and how many Star Wars? Like, I know like Ahsoka's coming up, and I'm like, why? Well, I mean, I gotta rewatch all of Star Wars Rebels. <laughs> I gotta like oh, I gotta rewatch. Oh, I thought you were saying, and Mandalorian and, too. And uh, yeah, I gotta see the Mandalorian episodes that she's in. I gotta. There's like too many things to rewatch these days. You know, it's I feel like those days are getting numbered. You know, as far as rewatching is concerned. <laughs> well, I mean, Disney Plus has those great uh, like Marvel Legends, That's the sort true. of like recap music video things that they do for before each franchise thing, which <laughs> yeah. I think is very helpful because they're kind of like a music video mood piece of like. You know, here's, uh, you know, uh, here's, you know, Scarlet Witch is like, here's all the vital pieces that you need to know before WandaVision yeah, or whatever. That is helpful. But uh, I, I mean, I was going to say, I mean, yeah, the thing about the thing that I mean, you think about where Star Wars ends, A New Hope ends and where Empire Strikes Back picks up. That's so intriguing and cool that I definitely think like you, I think I'm a fan of letting there be time in between and letting like, you know, when people talk about how different Claire is in between each movie, it's like, yeah, because she was changed at the end of the last movie. So then when you pick up a few years later, you're seeing the fruits of that labor, so to speak. And 
uh, I haven't seen Dial of Destiny, but what did you oh. what did you think of it? I, I love that it, movie. So no spoilers. No, no but spoilers. Like as far, but as far as like picking up from Crystal Skull or from the other movies, like how does it operate oh. in that way of like when we think of lore and stuff in like the modern context? To me, it's like it's it's a perfect continuation, picking up those pieces and answering questions and like yeah it's it's absolutely perfect for that and i've i saw it three times uh and oh my I god just, that's amazing i love that movie so much i'm uh if you didn't know i'm i'm a huge indiana jones fan like no no it, i know that's why i wanted yeah, to ask yeah. i was like Indy, oh, I, like even it, when it came out i was like what does brad think i'm like so yeah. curious to know what brad thinks about this i i've i've got my my indiana jones dr pepper here from crystal skull yeah. that i'm ready to drink at any time i'm like yes uh, <laughs> I, I have uh, I, I love it World soda, uh, actually, from that time in the cereal too. <laughs> Where? Why are we the way we are? Like, why do we have these things? <laughs> I was like, I should actually. Now that I think about it, that Lost World soda, I believe, like the cereal, I eventually ate, and so I just had the box somewhere. <laughs> last year, yeah, yeah, last year. <laughs> but the soda was a gift from my old advisor from my film program because he had the soda. So he had had it for 20 years wow. and then gave it to me. And I think it's in a box somewhere, but I think I like put it in like five Ziploc bags <laughs> and like, cause I was just like, this thing's going to yeah. explode at some oh, point. Yeah. So, yeah. but, but yes, as again, without spoiling anything, I mean, what, like, what do you, what is the best, you know? Cause I feel like we've both of us, I mean, I, again, I haven't seen Dial of Destiny, but I think, at this point, we've probably seen a lot of these revivals and everything. Like, what is the best way to pick up a franchise? Because personally, for me, I loved Alan and Ellie and Malcolm's storyline in Dominion because it felt like they had their own journey that we're just picking up on. And it's not that they're in service to the new characters. It's almost like the it's almost like Claire and Owen had to catch up with what Ellie and Alan and Malcolm are doing. And I loved Malcolm's story in Dominion because this apparent turncoat but like ultimately malcolm is not a villain like he you know i think that's the difference between the book version of malcolm and the movie version is that Ma malcolm was willing to sacrifice himself in jurassic park like that's the malcolm in dominion you know what i mean yeah and so i i don't know i really like i really loved all their stories and it's like that's the frustrating thing about the marketing of the movie where i'm like why didn't you put laura dern front and center of the marketing hey uh, we, <laughs> what if been, you know it would have been a great uh marketing campaign um but like yeah i think you're right like you just kind of pick up with their story and it's not it's not super deep or anything and i think the expanded uh whatever uh extended cut like certainly adds some layers and things with their stories and like seeing uh ellie's story and stuff kind of expand a little bit there um grant sequence only really like i think expands like a a few lines or something like that but like uh, I don't. I don't need to have answers for everything, and like, I know I like for some things. I I definitely want that, and I love that. Uh, but like for this, I'm like, it's cool. Like I get it. Like he he's he grants like trying to do some teaching and dinging. Nobody cares. It makes sense to me. Um, he he's imagine where this guy is. Like, um, how how long is it? thirty years later? Like just nobody cares and uh he's been trying to deal with this for the past 30 years and i think like 
I like I sympathize with him and I, I feel that sadness that he feels like there's that line where Ellie's like, ah, oh, come on, like living the Dr. Grant life. Uh, and, and he's like, uh, it's it's not that great. Like it's it kind of sucks. <laughs> and it's is, like, is, <laughs> well, yeah, like, is that our version of Luke, you know, where it's like, yeah, <laughs> but but you know what, like as much as I, I think Jurassic Park is the one movie more than any other movie that has inspired people to get into a particular field, whether it's making movies or becoming an actual paleontologist, yeah. you can maybe make an argument for like silence of the lambs, getting people into like, you know, FBI or whatever, or X files sure. even for like women in STEM or whatever. But like, I think Jurassic Park wholesale has the most like conversion, like pipeline to either people in wanting to get into film or entertainment mm. or art or be a scientist and um but the reality is like being a paleontologist is not a glamorous job it's not sexy like it's not you know uh i when i used to work on ologies the science podcast i remember we interviewed ali ward the host interviewed a paleontologist and it's just like you know half these people are volunteers it's scrounging up it's like i mean maybe that's like a hard thing to deal with because it's like you know i almost double majored in film and geology slash paleontology in college but was like i'm not good at math and i didn't want to get up early for the <laughs> for the for the for the prereqs or whatever so i chose entertainment but like you know i i think there is some value to showing that idea that like but ultimately alan is very important in the movie because it's kind of like a role reversal thing where like he's the emotional support boyfriend to Ellie's journey. Yeah. And I think that's like, and I think that's the kind of journey that Alan needed to go on because he needed, he needs a reason to care about dinosaurs again. He's sort of just like, you know, at the end of JP three, he's like, okay, like, you know, I, I'm never going to be an astronaut. I'm going to be an astronomer, but like, I think he needs, he needs, he needs the why of it all. And I think that's kind of, even though that's like, I think he has the slightest journey in Dominion of the three characters. I think there's still a lot of value in that. Yeah, I definitely wish there was more, but like yeah. I think there is so much value to somebody like that to know why they're doing what they're doing again, you know? Yeah, you know, it's really hard when like uh, we have so many characters that are potentially yeah. all, all main characters, you know, like they've yeah, all yeah. kind of had their time to shine and Grant, you know, uh, Grant is is jp obviously i feel like that's mostly his story and then obviously lost world with malcolm ellie never really got her time to shine obviously the new characters got their time in the the first two jurassic worlds and like you know now it's now it's her turn to kind of and everybody's but everybody's looking towards grant and malcolm like oh they didn't get enough screen time and they're they, you know whatever but i i think there was still like value to them and i liked I liked the comedy of it all. Like I liked the yeah, it was really the good. Love, the love the comedy writing was so good. Yeah, it, it's and it, it's it's really cool. Like I I uh, I don't know. I just I just love the. Um, it feels like the book too. Like in a way where like you just have them going on, uh, like a just a, a scientific intrigue like storyline plot line, and I just I really yeah. dig that. Like I I think that's really cool when you get them. Like, because because Jurassic Park and The Lost World are very much like these like spy kind of thriller stories, you know, like where yeah. it's like there's like you know uh, just industrial espionage, and it's like 
There's a lot of like w- like crazy stuff going on that like isn't really present in the movies, but this one it kind of had those things, and I'm like, that's cool that we kind of got that. They're zipped up in their their lab suits and trying <laughs> to like hide who they are, and and uh, I just I just loved loved all that stuff. I thought it was really cool, and the comedy of it is still there. I like that. Yeah, Malcolm's like goofy and everything, but these people are 30 years changed you know they're they're different yeah they like you said they picked up from where they were in the last one time has gone on and uh you know whether or not we want to believe claire went from capitalist to naturalist and just <laughs> a few years whatever you know who cares but like it, it's not that important <laughs> and i i think like everything is pretty i just i just like where it all kind of landed up you know i i, I i'm very happy with you know the end. The ending of this movie, seeing Grant, I think he like straightened up his tie or whatever, and he went into some you know Senate hearing or something. I don't know what he did, but like it's cool to see like where this movie ends up and where this series ends up. And like I just know like I think like you know the, the, recently it, things have been fairly negative and like everybody's kind of you know and and, and rightfully so because like uh, and I. I feel I feel like my objective when I talk about Jurassic is to try to be positive and like try yeah. to cut, not like not like swing it positive like make everything super positive but just at least try to discuss the positive things more so. But recently it's like it's definitely taken like a turn where like it's kind of hard to avoid everything because like it, everything ends up turning negative where we're like well I mean I want to discuss the positives, but here is this. I want to just like, hey, look, this crowdfund. Whoa, cool toys. No, no way it's funding. And guess what? It didn't fund. Like, so stuff like that, where it's like inevitable that we discuss the negatives. But like sitting here eight years later, been doing podcasting about this movie or these movies, like it's like. I'm I, I'm pretty happy with where we are and like what what we've talked about and like how how uh, how this you know uh, series has advanced and stuff and yes do I like along the way do I think there could have been more comic books more video games more whatever this or that yes absolutely but like you know like I said with the 30th anniversary like you know it, it, they're sure it wasn't like the grand slam that everybody wanted it to be but like. There was still like a lot, like when you look at the list, there's still a lot of things on there to have fun and celebrate and to buy merch. And like, you know, I'm pretty happy with what I was able to do at the end of that, you know? For sure. And I think that to your point about, <clears throat> excuse me, about, <laughs> I choked on my thing when you mentioned the Mattel <laughs> thing. Cause I, cause I actually saw the physical uh, thing at Comic Con. Oh, yeah. And it's so funny because I have been out of the loop about certain things. And so I turned to Corey and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> wait is that real? Like, is that going to be a real thing and he's like well and then he like filled me in with the crowdfunding thing and i was like and then i looked at it and it's like look i love i i love mattel i think i mean i i don't i don't think i think i've been on record a few times saying that i think that the toys are kind of the greatest legacy of this new trilogy is you know i love the movies i love everything but like Again, like I, I had dinner with Brit shots the other, the other like a month ago nice. or whatever. And I was like, damn you, like, damn you for <laughs> like making these toys so incredible so that I would like, so that, you know, now like I have an entire wall of toys over here. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, I do. I mean, but that, that is sort of, you know, when we were talking earlier about sort of recreating the magic of Jurassic Park, getting, 
getting the Brachiosaurus toy, and I'm so excited for that Hamlin collection version, but like getting the original Brachios, getting that original Brachiosaurus toy a few years ago, I felt like a kid again. You know what I mean? And in that that bit of Jurassic Park magic that you know we've all kind of been striving for to some degree or another, I think there was real magic in that that moment getting that toy. Like I really felt like like, oh my gosh, like I truly am transported. And then it's just very funny too, where it's like, I look at that Mattel creations thing and it's like, of course that thing's not going to get funded. It's like, we don't need that much. Like you yeah. think about the original, like the, the, uh, um, uh, compound command compound center yeah. toy, you know, the original visitor center set. And it's like that thing just had little plastic things for fire and the door like opened and you had the little break apart piece. And then you had the fences all tied in together. It's like, you know, I don't know. The thing that I love about the Mattel toys is that they are affordable, that everyone can get them. And yet the quality for what, for the price and what they are and the fact that they're all in scale, like it's so much more than I ever could have dreamed of as a kid. You know, I, I almost think that maybe like, again, like I definitely took a break from collecting toys cause I can't get them in every color, but like, <laughs> you know, it just was like a thing where I'm like, I'm looking at that set and I'm like, it looks incredible. Believe me, I, yeah. I wanted it, but I'm like, just, just throw up the gates and we don't need the electronics. Like, you know, I don't know. I would have like, I feel like the point of the Mattel toys was like, I'm just not somebody who's going to take a, like, I'm not going to do car payments for toys. Like <laughs> I, I just, you know, and look, I, I, I'm only, I'm only being like, really, I'm, I'm only teasing people. Cause I know people out there who have collectibles, you know, statuettes that they pay, you know, that they have like $50 payments every month to afford them. I, I'm just too all over the place. Like I just, I'm buying new toys all the time, you know, cheap toys, you know, and I'm buying, I like to have a rotating thing. Like I just got, um, I just got this, uh, I think it's slag or slug from, uh, from transformers, uh -huh. you know, the Storopod Dinobot. That's awesome. And you know, it, it was kind of expensive, but at this, I mean, but at the same time, I'm just like, I don't know if we're 40 bucks. Like I'm getting so much joy out of this. Do I need it to, I don't know. I mean, again, everyone, <laughs> it, 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 it's how much joy that you want to get out of it. But yeah. I guess for me, the, the original spark of the Mattel toys was that we were getting a quality that, that was unexpected for the price point. And they were sort of simple enough that, uh, you know, we didn't have to, you know, sacrifice an arm and a leg, uh, uh, yeah. uh, Mr. Arnold arm to, uh, you know, to get them. So I guess just, it's just, I mean, again, it's that thing of like, you know, I think maybe the, the fact that it failed is probably an indication that maybe that's not what people really wanted from what people yeah. really want from these, but I don't know. I've kind of been out of the whole thing. I literally was just like, again, I literally was like, Whoa, what that be cool. And it's like, or he's like, Oh, sorry to break the news to you. It but would like, be cool. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, the re the fact that we're getting so many Lost World toys in 2022 and 2023 is insane to me. Yeah. Like that we're going to get a Mementiosaurus. Like I've literally been like justice for Mementi for like five <laughs> years. And the fact that we're, I think Tim from Collect Jurassic was like, oh, we're getting that. And I'm like, I, like I'm like Grant in Jurassic yeah. Park. I'm like, <laughs> like are you kidding me are you kidding me yeah like, we're really getting that toy like oh my god like at this point i mean we're getting you know i just saw the uh the set with the the raptor cage you know the intro to jurassic park 
like I wouldn't be surprised if in a year or two we get uh Grant and Ellie's um uh dig site outfits as figures. Ooh. Do you know what I that'd mean? Be, that'd be so like, nice. Ellie's Canadian tuxedo, Grant's like red <laughs> shirt, and you know, uh-huh. uh it comes with a little like uh machine that poof, you know that shoots oh my the, you know, into the ground. Like, yes. like, when are we going to get a Whit Herford figure? Do you know what I mean? Like, you Seriously. know, six foot turkey. Like That shirt would uh, be amazing in toy form. Like, they got to get that oh, right, you know? Oh, I would love if they made Whit into a toy. He deserves it. <laughs> he like, it. one of the most I- iconic Jurassic Park characters, you know, who doesn't really have a name. I mean, Eddie is his name, but like, you know like in the movie i think he's just like listed as dinosaur kid or whatever you know well, to the to the point where everybody assumed his name was owen grady you know it's like yeah <laughs> you know it's just like it's 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 a major character to us it's we need to see that you know like uh one day yeah hopefully one like day, are, but... we, are we gonna get a um a woo figure oh my god you know from jurassic I mean, park like i don't i'm i don't maybe i'm i'm I was staking my claim in like San Diego Comic Con. We're getting it at San Diego Comic Con. It's going to be the exclusive. And then here comes Steven Spielberg, and I'm like, oh, I, I mean, I didn't expect that at all. Yeah, so I like, mean, yeah, <laughs> like what the hell? Uh, and it just shows, like, when and that thing, like Steven Spielberg. I know, I think it was like on sale for quite a while. I don't know, I don't know what the status is now, but like, it's probably done. I would assume, but like. Um, the fact that like that toy was spreading across all corners of the internet yet the other one was like nobody nobody would back it you know but like this one's like everybody wants steven spielberg um but when dr wu eventually comes like i i hope i hope the people are there for pre-ordering whatever the case is if that ever does come but like we need that figure it's about time you know it's a well yeah. over over overdue so i mean i mean yeah we already have two costume changes for nedry uh we have a costume change for ellie as well you know because she's got the jacket and the car and the jeep and uh i mean we have the malcolm shirt open everything (laughs) and i guess uh lost world malcolm too right at some point yes uh, right yeah i saw saw that again at at comic-con um but yeah i don't know it's it's hard because it is like it's almost that thing of like we never thought we were going to get stuff like this and now that we and again it comes to expectations and that kind of thing where it's like i mean that's kind of you know again the fun part but also like the double-edged sword of like i never thought we were going to get this stuff and it's like well now i just want you know what i mean like i mean it it isn't in the wasn't in the mattel creations thing was wasn't there going to be a goat too yeah that was the top tier like you know if you want these gates (laughs) You can you can uh, get ten thousand of your friends, and they'll get you that goat. <laughs> wow, ten thousand! Not even ten thousand people wanted that. Or how not many? E- or is not that how even many... not even five thousand people wanted it, which is the original goal. <laughs> Wait, how much was it? Uh, the whole set two fifty, but that wow, that just gets you the gate and the car. Initially, and then they changed the goal. They like ended up throwing in like fences, Tim, uh, stuff like that. Um, so they ended up changing the goals, lowering things like moved goal two to goal one. It was like a whole thing, but um, wow, I totally missed all of this. Yeah, uh, it was like it was it, it 
overall, 250 for everything kind of checks out. It, it works. Yeah, That's no, right. I was going to say that seems very reasonable yeah. for what it is. But like for but, that initial I mean, goal, because you're only paying for that initial goal. But like that's if if say for instance only the the first tier got funded, like two fifty for just the gates and the car is like a, a bit much. You know, it's a bit overboard, for a bit sure. steep. So you know, and like it's wild. But like the ghost, you know, from um, uh, from Star Wars Rebels, um, and I I guess maybe Ahsoka. I don't know. Um, like that thing, I think was like five hundred dollars, and and got funded, like in like three or four days, like, Which and is... and it was like it was more, I think it was like eight thousand people or something like that. So, you know that 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 just goes to show Star Wars, I guess maybe understands the crowdfund and uh, is maybe more people than Jurassic. You know, there's maybe there's more Jurassic fans or less Jurassic fans than Star Wars fans. So it's like, but, it's been kind of an eye opening yeah. experience just to kind of see what the reaction humbling. is. Yeah. A little humbling for sure. And I think like, I think people need to like temper their expectations as far as like what the community should have done. You know, I feel like a lot of people have been like attacking, attacking the community, is terrible. Why didn't you support this? Blah, blah, blah. But like, and not everybody can support it. Like, don't get on the community for doing this. Like, if you do want to get on somebody, get on Mattel, I guess. But like, I, you know, I love what they do, but like, maybe those tiers were wrong, you know, and maybe it was too expensive yeah. for what they offered or whatever. But like, uh, you know, I, yeah. uh, I, I think like the community did the best they could, you know, for what they, and yeah, especially I mean, if you it's... look at the international ones, like international people in my live stream were like, this thing's five hundred dollars. Like this is four hundred dollars. Like Jesus I cannot afford Christ. this thing. So like I can't I can't blame the community, you know. What one of my favorite experiences was uh I went to Star Wars Celebration last year very briefly, and I just remember walking back to my car and making friends with this this guy must he must have been from like the Ukraine or some other you know, Eastern European country. And he was just like waiting for his lift with Jabba sail barge, you know, <laughs> this like huge return of the Jedi toy yeah. that like, again, would have killed to have as a kid, but it's like, it's just wild to me that that was like a thing that was just on sale that you could get. And, and you know, I, I don't mean to critique what choice of toy that they made with Mattel, but I wonder if there was a bit of like, we've seen the gate we've had variations of it is the gate itself really like enough juice to like like i guess my thing is if they had recreated the visitor center do you know what i mean like i yeah. almost think that that would have gotten funded a lot faster because it seems yeah. more substantial even though I would say the gates are obviously well, the most iconic thing. They they were like and I think the problem is they were so big. They were accurate, I guess, to the scale of the humans and the dinosaurs, but they were like way too big. Like I don't even know where I would put them. Like where would they go? And I think like that kind I mean, of look, people I, yeah. away, you know, like and and to be honest, like there I did see some people say that like We've been asking for the gates, and I like it's personally like I don't think I ever saw anybody asking for Mattel to make the gates. It does that come with the Lost World T Rex? Wait, it, it does. Yes, and that's the odd thing. It's like it's a very interesting set. Like, why does it come with the buck? You know, like, and it's a, a fantastic recreation of the buck T Rex. Um, and the problem is Oof. now that that like uh, you know the and I've seen a lot of people say like oh is this gonna why don't they just put this out at Target or Walmart or wherever 
and that that's not going to happen. It's just not yeah. going to happen because they we were paying for them to make these things, like because they maybe can't get it authorized to put these out on shelves. You know, like this is the only way yeah. that these could get processed and made. Um, so you know. Look, maybe there's some world where something comes down the line, but it, it, it may not look like this. It may not work like this, but, you know, and maybe they rework the, the crowdfund or something. But, like, this was our chance. And, like, you know, I understand it didn't work. It just, uh, you know, it's a bummer. But, like, I get it, you know. I love those little signs, though. You know? Yeah. Honestly, like, 25 bucks. Well, maybe that's a little too much. Maybe, like. 15 for just those signs i would happily yeah. because i mean i don't know if you did this as a kid again speaking of like original joy but i remember before my grandma moved in with us growing up we had a spare bedroom and i remember one day like when you're a kid and i don't know if you're uh you know like does do kids still do this but it's like, I remember going outside, you know, it's like early before my, my mom probably was just like, I've been working all week. I'm tired. I'm going to sleep in. Like, don't come into my room before 11 sort of thing. And I remember going to my backyard, collecting leaves and sticks, and then taking over that spare bedroom and making Jurassic Park, like making like, here's like, you know, here's the route and all the fences and everything. I'll throw in some Transformers in there, some Beast Wars you know, some Power Rangers, you know, yeah. but like then putting all the leaves in and everything. Like I have very clear memories of doing this. And it's wild because I don't know, I was like six or seven or eight years old at this point. Like, how do I remember that more than like, I don't know, other things that have happened more recently? <laughs> like, I, you yeah. know, but I have very clear <laughs> memories of like being a kid. I mean, very clear, quote unquote, but like, you know, yeah, you're, you're yeah. right though. It's just like, what what is that thing? And how were, how, who were they asking that of? And I think it's that thing of, yeah, it's like, the, obviously the Jurassic Park gates are the most iconic, but again, it's like, it's just a gate. So it's like, when you're <laughs> thinking about playability. I think they're thinking about display, you know, more Displaying, than anything, yeah. probably. Yeah, but and I mean, have, we also got the collection. So it is like the collector line. So it's, you know. Yes, that's true. Yeah. But I mean, I think about the fact that we got this retro 93 line, like I, I like shed a tear. Do you know what I mean? When I oh, saw yeah. that announcement and like finally getting those, you know, because I think for a lot of us growing up, the, those JP toys were just as much their own sort of lore and universe as the movies, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they absolutely were. And, and the fact that you could create, like I was saying earlier, like I created basically what we see in these movies today it's just like they they came as characters and then you expanded upon those like a harpoon harrison or t-rex turtle <laughs> yeah. or jaws Sorry. jackson harpoon <laughs> harrison wow like you created you created these characters and like their lore in like i did it in my basement or in my backyard like i you know you just mentioned going out in the backyard and getting sticks and stuff and that's what i did like i I I had a in my backyard I just I took like like a shovel or my hands or something and just made a path through the leaves and yes. through the, the weeds and stuff and the weeds were long enough that they looked like trees, you know, to my T Rex. So it was like it was and I took I remember I had this like um like this plastic container that had this really cool like hatched like 
roofing, uh, like the top of it. And like I dug a hole and put that in the ground and like used it as my raptor pan. And like, so, you oh, know, cool. Like we didn't need necessarily like the, the compound or the, like I didn't have that. I didn't have the camper. Um, I just had like some of the other stuff, but like I, I took like the, a big piece of, uh, um, like an air conditioning unit that was, <laughs> excuse me, I've got oh a little <laughs> cold, but like, uh, in my backyard for some reason, I just made that a building. But yeah, like I, I just grabbed like whatever was available to like make my park. And that to me, like you, you said, like, how do I remember that stuff? Like I, yeah. Like to me, I don't know if I remember vivid details of like the park and doing these things, but like, I remember that, image in my brain like it's just seared in there of like what i created i can like imagine my basement like what it looked like and and uh where everything was set up and and you know the different places i would do it and i'll I'll tell you today like my son is you know not right now but he like he goes in the basement and every now and then he'll set up a jurassic park and he just like uh, he'll just like create his own little pens and little you know walkways and he has like a like a like a a Duplo Lego train or something. And he makes a train path and then puts dinosaurs on either side of it. And so like that idea still exists and it's still, you know, something that, that kids do. And it's, it's exciting to see. And I I love that. Like, I love that. Like it's just mind blowing to me that like, I still remember being that age and playing with those toys and whatever. And and now it's happening to my kid, and it's just like it's super wild. Like it's super wild to see. Uh, that's so lovely, you know. And that just had me thinking too that I think a lot of this stuff that we've been talking about, life will not be contained. Life breaks free, expands to new territories, and crashes through barriers painfully, maybe even dangerously. But uh, well, there it is. I'm I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way. And that'll do it for another episode of the Jurassic Park podcast. We appreciate you listening to this one. It uh, it always means a lot when you tune in and take, you know, any amount of time out of your day to listen to our voices, talk some Jurassic and and uh, to have you sharing that love and hopefully commentate while you're driving your car or working at your desk or walking, you know, doing a run on the street, whatever the case is. We really hope you enjoyed listening and talking along with us. So um, be sure to join us next time. And of course, thank you to Stephen Ray Morris for uh, being a part of this show uh, for part two of the conversation. Please, please stay tuned for part three. That's going to be coming up next week where you get to hear us talk even more Jurassic. And of course, definitely go listen to See Jurassic Right, a great podcast. Uh, If you like this one, I know you'll love uh, Stephen's podcast as well, See Jurassic Right. And let's face it, you've listened to it. You've downloaded it. It's great. Please go check it out if you haven't already. But stay safe out there. Please be kind to one another. And as always, let's continue to fight for representation, change, and equality in the Jurassic franchise, but more importantly, outside of it, in the real world. We need some help out here in the real world. Let's continue to make this world a better place to live in. I'm going to go ahead and hand things off to myself for the outro. Take it away. Saddle up. Let's get this movable feast underway. 
Continue the conversation with us on threads and Instagram. Watch our content on TikTok and YouTube. Find us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com. You'll find today's episode's show notes, articles, contributor bios, and so much more. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, our website, and wherever else podcasts are found. So please be sure to follow along and share with your friends, family, and fellow Jurassic fans. If you haven't already, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We will read your Apple reviews at the end of most episodes, so be sure to spare no expense. Don't miss our Wednesday night live streams, toy hunts, reviews, in-depth bonus content, gameplay, event and theme park coverage on our YouTube channel. If you want to get a hold of us or participate in the Jurassic Mailbag, you can fill out the contact form on our website or send emails and MP3s to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message or just to say hi. That number is 732-825-7763. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, enjoy. Enjoy.